Now that I am approaching 40, I have been using adaptogens to manage stress, lack of sleep, and random period issues when I haven't slept because my kids woke me up multiple times or I'm dealing with a stressful deadline or work situation. I always supplement with ashwagandha mid-morning to help my body manage the stress or the lack of sleep. I also love Vitex or Chasteberry. There is so much research on how it can help relieve PMS symptoms like headaches and mood changes or even cycle irregularities. And the only place I get adaptogen blends is Organifi. They have clinical doses of adaptogen blends, and they make them in really good tasting drinks. Adaptogens are herbs and functional mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. Research shows adaptogens can balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function. I like to take the green juice, which has ashwagandha mid-morning, and I take gold Every night before bed, it's my nightcap with reishi. I just mix it with hot water and it helps me relax. And starting in September of 2023, they now have gold pumpkin spice, which is my absolute favorite. I would drink it year round if they made it available. It's only available for a few months, so get it now. Support your body, energy, immunity, and stress with Organifi. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. These are clinical doses of adaptogens, so you actually feel the difference. Go to Organifi.com forward slash well-fed and use code well-fed for 20% off. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash well-fed and use coupon code well-fed for 20% off. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome, friends. This is the Well-Fed Women podcast, episode number 456. I am here with Stephanie, and we actually just hung out in real life last weekend. So today's episode, I posted some photos in the Facebook chat and everybody was like, we need more deets. So today we're going to give a few life updates, talk about what went on at the Marine Corps ball and uh, where we're at and where Stephanie is at. I got this question a lot too. We're going to be talking about the struggle of the holiday seasons to include Halloween and Christmas and all the candy that is part of those seasons. And how do you handle that with the with the kids, with your children? And it's been really difficult because there's clearly two solid camps and we're going to talk through all of it. And then we're also going to be talking about some dirty secrets of the supplement industry and how to know if a supplement is actually causing some allergic reactions for you. I got some question, follow-up questions about our experience personally with that. And I have some interesting tidbits of things to look out for when it comes to supplements and choices and when you take them. So hi, Stephanie, again. Hey. 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 So super fun. I got to go to Noelle's house, which is super fun and fantastic. And I can't wait until the next time. And Noelle was like, here is a bunch of goodies. And you know what we forgot? What? Magnesium. (laughs) Speaking of supplements. I guess I'm going to have to come back. I had a big Ziploc bag and I just put a ton of stuff. I said, do you use this? Would you use this? Would you like to try CBD oil? Would you like to try this lipstick? Do you, would this eyeshadow color work for you? (laughs) Scream eyeshadow. So um, she got lots of goodies and we got to go to the ball together. So Let's first address, we're just going to jump right in, and I want to credit her. She said, life updates, please. Heart emoji, this is from Lindsay. So talk to me about, um, you have some big news about Durham, or maybe you said it last time, but about your new house. So tell me, give me some life updates on you, Steph. Yeah, I am so happy to re-announce, to keep announcing that my life in North Carolina continues to just like blowing my mind i i was just standing like i had 10 12 minutes before noelle and i were gonna hop on the call and i just went and stood outside and looked at my neighborhood and i can't help but take photos of the trees because they're so tall and there were so many of them 
I love this place so much. So I finally, I found an apartment with just like the perfect setup for me and it's wonderful. And I found a roommate who's going to live with me and I can see a lake from my front porch. I'm going to put a rocking chair on it because of course. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm, I've joined a co-working space. I'm working downtown in a co-working space. I'm getting really embedded in the local Durham community. Uh, I'm taking advantage of volunteer opportunities. I think I might've told y'all. I just love it. Oh, I didn't even tell you this. I said my first subconscious accidental natural howdy about a week ago. So like, there's a difference between like, I'm going to say howdy right now. And then I'm walking down the street and pick up my eyes from my phone and there's a human and it just slips out. Howdy. <laughs> you said howdy. Did they say howdy back? I don't remember, but I do I say it now, but like that was that was just like it just happened because it was natural, you know. So that was cool. Um yeah. Sounds so cool. yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's what I'm up to. And I'm 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 in my lane, you know, I'm mm-hmm. in my lane. I'm feeling great. Um I'm so, so, so happy to be here and being able to go up and hang out with Noel. Noel, we haven't seen each other since before Stella was born. No. So we we hung out. We had the book launch party. Oh, was like right. A year. But. Right. Because yeah. before that, we had had a photo shoot. Noel was like, I'm pregnant. Yes. That's when we <laughs> actually wear a big out. shirt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like 13 weeks pregnant. In our um, podcast cover image, I'm like 13 or 14 weeks pregnant there. Trying to like just kind of hide it. <laughs> I didn't want to be the pregnant lady in a in a podcast cover image, especially because we didn't know at the time. But uh, that photo is going to have to last us about seven years. <laughs> Very long time. I'm hoping. By the way, what updates on that front? Mid 2024, we may have new photos for you <laughs> potentially. Yes, with your short hair and my middle part. I'm thinking um, about growing out my hair. I'm going to have to ask really? everybody what they think again. <laughs> okay. Now, do you ever, have you ever dyed or colored or highlighted your hair? Uh, once bright purple, red, and orange. Oh, sure. You know, in my youth, <laughs> which I can now say is in the past, but yeah, never, never, never otherwise. Okay. Why? So, well, I just, I don't know. Like when you get longer hair. Mm. The struggle for me is the, like, I want dimension. Like, I want different colors. And obviously, that's what I did this last time. But it is, and it's only, I've only uh, had a product applied to my hair once in, like, the last maybe five years. And, man, it's just, like, totally dried out my hair. So I'm on the struggle bus right now. I do use, like, a Divi Divi hair serum, which has peptides and stuff in it. And I use that on my scalp. And I use their shampoo. But I am learning that sort of for me in particular, and especially as you get older with longer hair, I feel like I have to use intentionally use like hair masks, like something that's actually going to help repair drier hair. Just like and so for me, I'm like, well, like I have to moisturize my skin every day. And if I didn't, it would be dry. So maybe this is sort of the same thing. But I did make an appointment with like a hair specialist. She's just a hairdresser, but she's really good at this stuff. And I was like, my hair is damaged. What do I do? Just like super dry. Um, Well, I thought it was beautiful um, when I saw you three days ago. So. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And the interesting thing about adding color to your hair is that it does uh, change your color palette. uh, Does it really? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, any anytime you change a, a color, that's a part of yourself. Yes. You know, like it, it would be the same as if you were wearing colored contacts, you know. So when adding highlights to your hair adds like a, a element of brightness, it adds some contrast, it adds some dustiness, depending on the color, you know, and I've, I've thought about making my hair a little like redder at times just to like lean into the orange part of my hair. Uh, but that would that would also it wouldn't change my color palette much, but yeah. So that's also, that's something to consider. Cause when I, you know, when I look at your, I went to Noel's house and I was like, I want to see in your wardrobe, we're going to talk about your color palette. <laughs> I know. I wish we actually could have done that, but you had to get on the road. You were like, kept um, on but so do you have any grays? No, I'm a redhead. Yeah. 
I don't, yeah, not fair. I didn't see any on your, on your head. <laughs> well, I was looking for, <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's not like I am necessary. tackling. <laughs> it's not like I was necessarily like, looking. I'm in my mid thirties. Like you don't, I feel like that's something that you like intentionally look for at this point in life. But also, like, it's never gray hair is not something that's on my radar. You know how we always look <clears throat> for things that we're like personally self conscious about, right? Yes. Like what we see in other people. And so you yeah. probably look for grays because you think about your own grays, but it's something <laughs> I never look for in other people or in myself because it's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I think, I think people with uh, red tint in their hair do tend to maintain the color, uh, you know, for a while. I think that that's, that's kind of a thing, but I think we're also more sensitive to pain. So, plus and minuses, <laughs> and um, skin cancer. So, yeah. right, right, that's a thing. So, yeah, it's not that I necessarily was looking for it. It's just I realized just now that, like, wow, you didn't have any. I do, I do see it yeah. in people's hair. It's not like I judge that, but I, as a, as a dark, notice olive skin girl. Like, I have so many gray hairs. And my husband is um, is almost forty and has none because he's like but light he's blonde. Sandy. Yeah, I don't. I I don't. I think your hair is gorgeous, and I love when like a handful of strands start coming mm-hmm. in gray. Yeah, I think that yeah. that's like a really nice look. I think of um, God, what's her name? Jennifer Connelly. Does she like? She had some like. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of a particular movie, but you know what I mean. Like, it, I I don't know. I think it has. I think it, it, I think it looks really nice. Yeah. No, I I think it it has its its uh character. Its character. So so we'll see. Wait, you can I your hair? Go ahead. Can I can I say a few more things? Yes, please. About my updates. Oh, Noelle's yes, children updates. are so cool. <laughs> wow. I am just so charmed. I haven't had a ton of opportunity in my life to be around little humans, but this was so fun and I can't wait to hang out with them again. They're so fun. Stella's great. She loves you, Matt. Okay, so let's be honest. So, okay, so what happened at the ball? So we, it was a very quick turnaround. Steph and I, literally after we finished recording our last episode that you just listened to, I think we recorded like quite a few back to back, or maybe we did two. It was not a lot, but we were recording in advance. You were like, I was like, oh man, wait, I just have like, we got a big week and, you know, in charge of the marathon. Then we go right into this promotion ceremony and right into the ball. And you're like, I want to come to the ball. And I was like, do you really? You're like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, can I go? <laughs> so I text Ken. I'm like, can Steph come to the ball? He's like, yeah, I can get her a ticket. Within an hour, we literally had her a ticket. <laughs> She's like, I booked my whole hotel room and I'm looking at dresses. <laughs> so I was like, cool, this is happening. So we ended up staying at the hotel. It was in Arlington, like in the DC area. We ended up staying at the hotel. Bad decision on my part as a parent, but we were like, we'll just stay at the hotel. It'll be fun. We can stay up late, whatever. We got to the hotel, tried to get ourselves ready, all of the things. Steph, you drove straight there from Durham on Friday, right? Yes. And then I got there and, wow, uh, traffic coming into D.C. from the south. I've never done that before. That was a first for me. And yeah. when I got to the hotel, I immediately went to my room and spent an hour in the dark taking a shower and doing deep breathing exercises. But then I was ready to go. It was awesome. I love us because we never have any expectations. Like we, oh. well, the expectation is you do what you have to to take care of yourself. Yes, but the generations previous is like you have all these expectations about how things are going to go, and you and I were just like, we will see you when we see you. Like we, you <laughs> just, we just knew you were like, I need to sit in a dark room, and I was like, cool, I need to like get my kids ready and set up the stupid room that they're sleeping in with like noisemakers and cameras. So. We ended up going down, getting like a family photo. Then we finally found you coming up an escalator, shouting Ken. I kept. I was walking around at the in the hotel. I had this very very sparkly gown on, and I kept going up and down the escalator, just being like, "Does anybody know Ken?" <laughs> Which lots of people did. Ken was on the ball. And then I found him. You end up finding Carlos, which Carlos and my husband work together. Have worked together closely. They're like work wives. They've been working together for years and years. Lots of Marines walking around. Steph said it was, she was like, I'm in heaven. Or this is my Disneyland. Lots of men in uniform. Walking around calling me, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah, don't mind. (laughs) We ended up hooking up around 
before, I didn't realize the ball didn't start until, didn't it start at seven? Seven. Yep. Oh my gosh. So late. <laughs> we're both to hang out, but we're both yeah. tired people now, but also my children. So we had to like entertain them for like a couple hours sitting in a hotel. We ended up bringing the iPad down to the bar so that they could eat because they were starving. This ball um, was good. It just went long. It just went long. So my kids didn't even get their dinner served to them until like 840. It was pretty hot in there. It was interesting because there were more kids there. And so before the ball even started, you were dancing on the floor with like lots of children, which was awesome. I put it out, posted it on Instagram. And then we did all the ceremonies and everything, finally got our food. By the time my children ate and they were kind of like then, you know, on the dance floor, Steph, you did a few twirls. And then it was like 940. And I was like, I've got to get these children to bed. My son is a challenge sometimes. And, you know, he's a four-year-old boy. He just he is very like he needs to be doing something. And he was he was reaching his limit. So then we went upstairs and you were like, bye. Good night. (laughs) I was like. Our goal, let's our goal was for for you to find a bow that was not achieved, but it was still very fun. <laughs> still oh very fun. yeah. It was fantastic. And I could have wormed my way into socializing and dancing all night with the very excited to be there, like young, you know, marine partiers. I, I yes. definitely could have done that. I chose not to. I went to bed at eleven. I got to hang out in the hotel room all by myself mm-hmm. um, and then wake up in the morning and, and go hang out with Noel's fam. So that was uh, that was super, super fun. And next day yeah. we just drove back to our house. I should have what I should have done is just said we're just staying at the house like it's so parents know kids sleeping in a hotel room is never fun when they're sharing hotel room. It's double not fun. Like my my daughter was struggling. My son was struggling. I didn't get them finally down until like 11 or sorry, 1030. And then Maverick woke up coughing, you know, before 6 a.m., woke them both up. So then we were like, we're getting out of here. So we were home by eight. I was like, why didn't we just come home last night and like put the kids in their own beds? And then Steph, you were probably at our house at like nine. So we made bacon and eggs and chatted. I hooked you up with some stuff, but we're going to do it again. Yay. Yay. So that was the ball. Any other things that you need to say? I don't. I think we covered it all. All the updates. No, I will say I um, mention of the the mermaid dress. Uh, oh yes, I think I mentioned. I I am occasionally tell us of your debacle. Things. Can you tell the debacle? I'm so sad oh. for you. Well, actually, I mean, it ended up great. So I ordered like a bunch of dresses online. Um, I didn't have a bunch of t- have much time, so I ordered a bunch online and then like sent a bunch back. But I accidentally ordered. A bunch that were not free returns, even though the website said free returns. There's actually free exchanges. No, it so wasn't even I that was it was forced... not free returns. It was just that they d- they don't even accept returns, which is nuts. Exchanges only. So I so mad. had to keep a dress from that company. Initially, the dress that I wore was not my winner, but I'm really glad that I went with it because it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It looked really good. I'm so excited to have that. Like... I, I need to find a New Year's party or something I can wear it to. So, yes. Um, and literally, I, I met a bunch of kids who were like, she's a mermaid. She's a mermaid. And then I met yeah. Stella and she was like, she's a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, I saw that Noelle posted some stuff on Insta. For those of you who have been following me there, I occasionally post things to Twitter. And I know there's a whole lot of like debate about whether anybody should be on Twitter, but it's a whole lot of debate about whether you should be on any platform. And um, yeah, Instagram just was like really, I don't know, the focus on images and mm, yeah. And it, there's just, there's a lot there and you either like put up a story which goes away immediately or you put up a photo that's there forever as like a photo I just, I don't know. And it was so emotional and I have a lot of like history now with Instagram. And so I'm on Twitter, which feels a lot more light. Yes. I can just tweet and then it disappears into the ether kind of thing. So I can uh, see now, I can see it now. It is you. It's for sure you, it's words. So did you post a picture there though? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. And I actually, um, I mean, I'll take it down if you want me to, but right before we got on, I did post a photo of the picture of 
Miss Mermaid Stephanie. Um, I didn't I didn't say who drew it, but the, there is a picture of that picture on Twitter right now. Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. Um, it's my favorite piece of art of all time. I'm so excited to put it on my fridge here. But oh. yeah, and it like I get to practice being a better writer by tweeting. It's, yes, it's right. you know, so yes. anyway, I'm there for anybody who's there. There are very specific things I'm doing this year to actually prevent colds and the flu. And so far, I'm 2-0, which I am thrilled about after doing a ton of research in addition to taking a broad-spectrum probiotic, beta-glucan, which is a prebiotic, and echinacea. I've been taking vitamin D3 with K2 daily since the fall started. Specifically, I'm taking MD Logic's vitamin D3 and K2, which contains two different forms of K2 and is emulsified in olive oil, not vegetable oils. Even with a diet rich in vitamin D, most people, including myself, trend very low in vitamin D during the winter. Approximately 42% of the U.S. population is deficient in vitamin D. Study upon study shows that vitamin D supplementation effectively prevents respiratory tract infections. Supplementation has been associated with fewer colds, and it also protects against major chronic diseases. When supplementing with vitamin D, it's crucial that you take D3 with K2. Taking vitamin D3 and K2 ensures the calcium transported via vitamin D is absorbed by your bones, which is what it's supposed to do, rather than accumulating in deposits in your arteries. Most vitamin D supplements on the market do not contain K2, which is crucial. I highly recommend MD Logic's vitamin D3 plus K2 supplement, especially during the fall and winter months, which contains two different forms of K2 known as MK4 and MK7. MK4 has been shown to promote healthy bone density and maintain strong bones, while MK7 is more bioavailable and usable by the body long term. I haven't found one before that has two forms, so I'm thrilled. To get my favorite high-quality D3 with K2 that's tested for contaminants, go to mdlogichealth.com forward slash D3 and use coupon code WellFed for 10% off. That's M-D-L-O-G-I-C-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com forward slash D3 and use coupon code WellFed for 10% off and you always get free shipping on orders of $50 or more. We'll come and chat with you on Twitter. Okay, so let's jump into our two main questions today. Question number one is from Sarah. This has been... I've been getting questions about this from all directions, and I believe it's just because of the conflicting black and white sort of sides that people are taking with this. So she said, I've seen a lot of dietitians accounts lately that talk about allowing kids full access to all foods at all times, i.e. big ones, Halloween candy, sports drinks, etc., as a way to keep them from disordered eating patterns. I get it. I appreciate it. As someone that grew up with disordered eating patterns, I'm trying to raise a daughter that doesn't have to experience this. I'm just also torn in feeling like I should be allowing her to eat candy until she feels sick, consistently exposing her to poor ingredients, food dyes, etc., because we know how hyperpalatable foods are designed and do hijack our systems and hunger and fullness cues. We don't say foods are good or bad, and I do ask her to think about what her tummy feels like when she's eating something more hyperpalatable if she continues to ask for more. I tend to offer more if she asks and or offer an alternative. I talk about what certain foods do. Protein helps her build strong muscles, etc. This is such a difficult road, and I sort of feel like there is no right answer. Um, A a follow-up from her. Also, additional thoughts for me personally, I feel like my body image and eating issues at an early age, like first grade, stemmed from comments on my body, what people said, how they treated me, comparisons to others, not necessarily telling me if I eat too much ice cream, it will do X, Y, Z. I honestly don't remember feeling like the food morality issue was a thing until I was much older with magazines and ads. Sarah, um, a different Sarah, follows up and says, yes, yes, yes to this. I'm having such a hard time finding a balance with this topic. Would love Noelle's insight. Give me your thoughts. Do you have any yet? Yeah. Yeah. I have have thoughts about offspring. But (laughs) Sarah, I I think your approach is good, right? Insofar as kids understand what we have to say, I think we should say it. I I don't think we need to necessarily introduce concepts that are beyond their understanding, but children are intelligent. All I remember from being four or five, six years old is walk around being like, people are talking to me like I'm a whole lot dumber than I actually am. 
<laughs> and I never said that out loud, right? Like I think a lot of kids have a very rich inner world and are developing a strong ability to think through abstract concepts, but aren't really roped into those conversations. And so don't it just keep that all inside. That's that's my personal, you know, and and I I do I do think a lot of kids can can meet us in, in talking about these kinds of things. Now of course that's individual by individual. And so you you use your best judgment. But I think explaining these kinds of things is is really important. I think definitely personally I fall with children where I fall <laughs> with myself and other adults. The like full on eat anything all the time, whatever it, to me just doesn't work because of the way that the food industry works. Like I and I wouldn't I don't say foods are good or bad. But I say to adults, and I think I would be willing to say to like some children, these foods were made in a factory and they were designed to taste good, not to support the health of my body. And it's okay for me to eat them because it's fun and it tastes good and that's cool. But just FYI, like these are, this is the reason it tastes so good. So we have Halloween candy and I'm not going to tell you can't eat it, but like, let's check in with how our tummy feels, you know, because we can talk to kids and other people about like their physical feelings. Like, how does your tummy feel after you eat this candy bar? But I personally, my tummy feels fine when I eat candy bars, but do I have really strong cravings afterwards in the next day? And does it make me feel like a little, you know, obsessive about eating more sugar? Yeah. You know, and, and that's a, that's a tough thing, but the way that I would explain it is these foods are designed to be really, really tasty and to not really satisfy us. And so also, like if I'm going to eat a Snickers bar, I'm going to complement that with a head of broccoli and or a can of tuna and make sure that I am like feeding myself all the time. So um, I would do that and I would try to keep that decision making shared, you know, depending on their age that sort of thing. And again, like these are children and I don't have children. So I can't speak to past experience, only like future what I might try someday, maybe. <laughs> so, so that's all of that. And that's personally how I've, how I personally, that's just from my personal experience, I can't eat, like I eat something sweet and I'm like, that's it. Because the more I eat something sweet, the more I want to keep eating sweet things. And not everybody is like that, but with these hyper- palatable foods. When I saw this question, I was like, oh, it's a hyper palatable question. <laughs> like it's true. That's that's what they're they're that's what they're designed to do. They're designed to make you want to eat more of them. Eating more of them isn't a bad thing, but they're not there to nourish me. And I know that. And so I'm really intentional about what that does to me. And I I don't I, I don't think that's too much for kids to wrap their head around. But if it is, like, that's okay, you know, when you can negotiate another way. So I don't know. And I, I will also say that my memory, people didn't police my food intake. I do think that a lot of the body image stuff came from people commenting on their and my and other people's bodies. Like, I, I think a lot of the issue did come from the from the body talk, you know, and maybe how I ended up mentally and emotionally relating to food was more about that than, you know, I, I mean, every person's experience is different, uh, but I definitely think that's, that's really, you know, that's, that's really, it's really profound. Right. And I think we also like are deeply complicated psychological beings. And so if we have a, you know, thoughts about our bodies it does impact the way that we look at food, period. You know, if I have a negative thought about my body in the morning or something, like that that will plant a seed and just change even just a little bit, like the way that I approach food in the grocery store or, or open my fridge or like a thought that immediately pops into my head. Like the subconscious training that we have from decades of living in this environment is like, I must eat less now. Right. Like mm -hmm. I had a negative thought about my body and I must eat less. That's just like a <laughs> That's something that our that our society has has really put into us. And so walking back the body talk, I think is I think is, yeah, I mean, that's crucial.
And I love the way that Noelle does that with her kids. And I won't speak to it because she can obviously speak to it much better. Yeah. I mean, I think, Sarah, you're doing all the right things. Like, uh, it sounds like from what you're saying, you're, I don't see a problem. I, I'm yeah. certainly, this is just my opinion. I'm certainly not going to agree with everybody on this. Uh, and if you're listening and you do something different, that's fine. That is totally fine. I feel, you know, when you said you feel like there's no right answer there, there, we're not looking for right or wrong. We can't be perfect. Yes. With our kids. Like our, our kids are going to be in the world. Like they're going to be exposed to things that we cannot control and we're not, we're going to mess it up and that's totally okay. Kids are resilient. I feel like the community listening and what we're doing here and just you talking through it, Steph, I think there are very clear things that we can reflect on about our own personal upbringings that led us to have a terrible relationship with our bodies. If you had a mother who was constantly dieting and you saw that she was always beating herself up and trying to restrict her food and you were taught that foods are good or bad or you and you had to earn your dessert and you had to no, you can't have that because it's bad. And you have to, you know, stay away from that and it's going to make you gain weight or I can't have that because it's going to make me gain weight. Like all of that stuff, plus on top of being in the world and seeing, uh, you know, every the world's perspective when it comes to, oh, well, it's better to eat less and it's better to work out more and you're a better person if you can do all of that. Like that's all part of our upbringing. So what can we do differently now? You're doing all the things, right? I think with when we come to these situations in which our kids are overwhelmed with candy, it is very hard to navigate. I will preface what I'm about to say with this. We had two big buckets full of candy. Um, my kids ate a few pieces of Halloween candy that night, and they haven't asked about it since. And it's eight days later. They have not asked for candy. They have not asked where it went. They have they have not talked about it. So here is my here's my strategy. And then I'll go into like what my thoughts are about the eat all the things. Right. My strategy is we talk first beforehand. We say, guys, Halloween's so fun. I don't poo poo Halloween. I don't say, uh, what are we going to do about all this candy? Did it like when they're like, oh, I'm so excited. We get to go around and get candy. I'm like, I know. Isn't it so fun? Like, it's so cool that we get to do this. Okay. So we're excited we're talking about it. Before Halloween starts, I say, hey, guys, we're going to go around. We're going to have fun. We're going to get all the candy. We're going to say thank you and be polite because these people are thinking about you and they want you to have a good time. And then we're going, if you want to pick one or two things to eat while we're doing it, that's cool. We can do that. But we need to come home and mom needs to go through the candy and make sure that it's safe. Now my kids are four and six. We need to bring it home, need to make sure that it's safe. And I need to take out a few things that may not be right for your appliance or whatever, you know, because they have mouth, you know, the alpha appliance. And then we can pick a few things to eat. Um, And then I was very clear, like once we've gathered all the candy, you get to pick five things to keep and we can eat them when you want to for dessert. Like we can just eat whenever you want and that's what you want for dessert, you can have it. It's totally cool. So we'll pick five of the best things and then the rest of it we're going to just donate to people who need need the candy. Maybe like, you know, overseas or troops overseas. So we'll pick your five favorites. So they actually have not pushed back on that. That, you know, sells so like, can I have a little bit more? And I'm like, well, how about we just eat some on Halloween night and then we'll pick your five. I think five's good. And she's like, yeah, okay. They have never once pushed back on that. The expectation is there. Okay. So then we do the Halloween thing. They try a few things. Maverick is, a, you know, he's like this. No, I want to try this. I want to try that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. I always give them a digestive enzyme, by the way, because if they're eating gluten and something with milk in it, you can actually get a kid's digestive enzyme that has enzymes in it like lactase. And there's one in particular that actually really helps to digest gluten. So just make sure you give it to them while they're eating the candy, especially if it's things that they've never really eaten before. And then we go to bed and we wake up the next day and we talk about how cool it is and wonderful. And hey, if you haven't picked your five things, you want to go ahead and do that? Like, that would be fun, right? Okay, so here's my strategy to get them to forget about the candy. I always have sweets and my kids' favorite things in the house all the time. I have Yum Earth gummy bears. I have Yum Earth uh, lollipops. 
I have um, Scout bars. I have Scout cookies. We There's a new brand called Partake, which I am loving. And they have little cookies. Are these health foods? No. And that's fine. But they have better ingredients. They don't have artificial colors. The research and the science that we have about artificial colors is pretty profound. And so this is why I have an issue with this, like, give your kids full access to all foods at all times. Like, I I don't know. Your kid is not capable. A four-year-old is not capable of making clear and sound decisions about the foods that they can eat and what's what is going to help them feel their best. We, as parents, guide them in that. And I think it's so important that we offer a variety of foods to include their favorite foods and maybe some that are not their favorite so that they can have the opportunity to intuitively eat. But what I serve at a meal is what we get at a meal. If you don't want that and you want to go eat candy, I'm sorry, this is what we're having for a meal tonight. Um, If you don't want to eat it, that's totally fine. And that's cool. Like, if you're not hungry, I never, and I think we also grew up in a generation where we were forced to finish our plate. You need to eat more bites of that. Please do not do that. That is a a recipe for disaster when it comes to giving your kids an unhealthy relationship with food and understanding their own fullness. But, you know, I never make my kid finish two two more bites or you need to eat this. You know, we talk through it and I say, hey, Stella, you know, you're feeling hungry still. I'm hungry. And I'm like, well, there's still a meatball on your plate. So maybe you should eat the meatball. And she's like, okay. So she, you know, we're talking through it like, hey, protein is what fills you up. And if you're going to still be hungry, if you're hungry after dinner, it's because you didn't eat the the meatball. Um, But I give them a variety of options at each meal. They get to choose what they want to eat and they don't have to eat the stuff that they don't want to. And as parents, I think we, I, I saw these, I can't get this out of my head on Instagram. You know, there are a lot of reels going around about like, I just let my kid eat the candy. And like, what's the worst that could happen? And, you know, all these people were coming in the comments that were like, yeah, I mean, come on, my kid eats candy for five days straight, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like, okay, they might feel sick. And then but then we're done with the candy. And we never have to talk about it again. Like, what's the problem with that? Why are people hating on that? Literally, people were like, what's the worst that could happen? And I was like, what? I I could not. I can't relate to that. I cannot relate to that at all because I. Everybody listening, we all know how impactful food is on our health, on our mental and emotional health, on our sleep and all of those things. We have clear data and literature about how artificial ingredients and colors um, affect and sugar affects our children. We have clear evidence on how hyper palatable foods actually hijacks our brain's reward system and turns off, turns off our ability to self-regulate our intake. So if we're going to act like that's just something that we shouldn't be self-regulating, or maybe it's not, we don't need to put that on our kids to self-regulate. I believe there's a way, there's somewhere in the middle where we can offer our kids things and we can let them choose and not force food on them and not make them eat things, but say, here are your options. And of course, educate along the way. This is protein. This actually builds, you know, builds strength and makes you feel full. This is carbohydrates. This is going to give you awesome energy. It tastes really good when you have, you know, noodles with a little bit of butter and bone broth on it. You know, we can we can educate, have the, take those opportunities to educate, but not give morality to food and also not give our kids free reign in the pantry. So anyway, I'll go back to what I do for Halloween. So I intentionally got a bunch of treats. I have access. We have access to them at all times. Unreal, by the way, is another brand. They make peanut butter cups. They make chocolate coconut bars that are all that's not doesn't have, you know, they're organic and stuff like that. So I have all that stuff on hand. So she's like, what's this? And it was a Reese's cup. And I was like, you know, those unreal peanut butter cups, they taste just like that. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, so she gets it. And she knows that we have the stuff in in our house and that she can actually have our snacks at any time she wants the unreal candy like that's a snack we usually do it like midday snack so i have the things that they want to eat all the time on hand the day after halloween i will intentionally bake something special whether it's like brownies or oat flour cookies or we go get something special so it was actually the day of my husband's promotion after his promotion we went to our favorite gluten-free dairy-free bakery it's called happy tart it is amazing anytime you're in dc you have to go there 
we went there and each kid got a snickerdoodle cookie and we bought some cakes and cupcakes, which um, uh, Steph saw in a little box. And we were like, I was like, we're going to take this to the Marine Corps ball. This is going to be super fun. So they had their snickerdoodle cookie. And while we were eating dinner that night, it's it was a big cookie. While we were eating dinner that night, I said, hey, guys, you know what? We had a really big cookie earlier. I think we're going to just eat our dinner and then drink our kombucha and go to bed. And they were like, OK, they were fine. They got it because it was like a big cookie. And they got their they got their fix. Didn't ask about the candy. The next day, I can't even remember, I think, because we had gone. Um, Ken took them grocery shopping. They got like another partake cookie and they've been asking for these vanilla wafers they're gluten-free and i was like go ahead and get them so then they were so excited to try like a vanilla wafer cookie the next night was the marine corps ball we had some like cupcakes and stuff the next night we had those leftovers and maverick was like i'm done he's like so he's it's so interesting to see the difference between you know i've raised both kids in the same house with the same strategies maverick could care less about cakes and sweets he does not he's like nah not my thing his new thing is car- he's like i'd rather have carrots over cake so like he's just he <laughs> stuff is saying yes he self regulates so much he doesn't like the way he feels with sweets and that's fine stella's not quite there yet she loves it but she she gets it like she understands oh, okay you know this may m- might not make me feel really well if i keep keep going so then and then we've just kind of found our rhythm they get really excited about what are we going to eat for dessert tonight and i'm fine i'm fine with having a dessert i'm fine with having a sweet and sometimes i serve it yes right alongside dinner but they get really excited about what treat they get to try or what cookie from partake they get to try or if they want to have scout cookies today whatever or we have little popsicles i always get the um Shoot, a uh, good pops popsicles. We whenever they come out with a new one, I'll grab it. I'm like, would you guys like a popsicle tonight or a cookie? They've completely forgotten about the candy. They actually it's sitting right there in the laundry room, and they haven't asked for it because they'd rather have the treats and stuff that you know we have in our house. So I think that's part of the strategy is to allow your kids to have better options, better ingredients available. I don't get, I don't understand. You know, sometimes there's these memes that go around that are like. A Justin's peanut butter cup, still a peanut butter cup. Uh, okay. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes, it's a peanut butter cup. It's still candy. But the ingredient, I will say this until I'm blue in the face. The ingredients matter, folks. I like, why is that so hard to understand? Yes, Yum Earth is candy, but it doesn't have artificial ingredients. Like it doesn't have artificial colors. We have science. We know how screwed up that is for our kids, how it can cause focus issues and ADHD and learning mental and emotional issues. Why are we trying to norm? Like, I don't understand why we normalize that stuff. And I think it's because, Steph, I know you have something to say, so I'll just stop here. I no, think I it's, okay, because you're, you're like cheering along with me, but <laughs> I think, I think it's because we want to, women don't want to feel bad that they don't do that. So mothers already are taking a huge load and mentally having to regulate your children's food and candy intake when they might already be a picky eater is a lot. It's a lot to be a mother. It's a lot to like understand the science and the literature behind food and nutrition and like want to do that also for your kids. Like it's a lot. It's a daily battle. It's a daily struggle. And so I think sometimes we try to normalize not caring and sort of, uh, what's the word, like, like be dismissive or pretend that it's really not that important, even though it is. Because if we were to actually realize how important it was, then we would feel bad. And no mom needs to feel even more guilt than she already does. So that's my thoughts. I I... I know I know that uh, you know especially in the intuitive eating communities it's popular to just say all foods fit and you can you can just let your kid do the same thing but you know Steph and I when we were in our kind of like and you and I have both experimented with intuitive eating and That's been a part of our healing process, but that's not how we do life now, now that we have healed our relationship with food and our bodies. 
I think it's part of a process. If you've been raised in a dieting heavy culture where you have lost your intuition and you're always you've been you you grew up restricting and you grew up yo-yo dieting and you've just lost intuition and you don't necessarily know how to eat anymore and all foods are bad and you just don't know how to engage. I think intuitive eating is really awesome for that. And you can it can be a tool in your toolbox and then it can be something you learn and grow from. I don't think it's really right for kids. I think actually we have this awesome opportunity for kids where they have this, they're very moldable. And we don't have to say gluten is bad or processed foods are bad or you shouldn't be eating a lot of this. We can just say, you know, here's your food. Some of it tastes better than others. And that's cool. That's fine. Eat what you feel your body needs. And we can also use opportunities where they feel sick as an opportunity, like as a way to educate. So I'm just going to say, I'm just going to keep it simple with Stella. Hey, let's stop for a second because she was at a birthday party once and I was very proud of her. She actually stopped and said, I can't have this. My stomach's starting to hurt. Like, and she, and that again is her intuition stopping her because kids were just eating cake. They had ice cream, they had everything there. And she was like, I'm going to stop now. But I'm always telling her like, you know, some, some foods are, are great and make you feel great and other foods sometimes won't. And so we just have to be really aware of that. And aware of how a food makes you feel mentally and emotionally, what's going to help you do gymnastics really well, and and learn from that. Learn from those experiences. It's not good or bad. It's just we can, of course, have a cookie. But like sometimes two or three is not going to make you feel all that great, right? So that's how we handle it. <laughs> what do you have to say? No, I, that's, all, that's all incredibly insightful. I love it. I, I think... There's a handful of different like major strands of cultural norms around parenting and what kind of parent do you want to be. And I think one that's related to this intuitive eating, this valuation of intuitive eating is like a desire to not to to want life to be as easy as possible for your kids. And again, like this, I, I'm not a part of parenting culture, so oh, please take this with a grain of salt. But I, I think I think some generations grew up where the parents were saying, you know, you got to walk, you got to go through difficult stuff because that's an important part of your fortitude and your growth. And I think that that in in recent generations, that's that was like quite normal for parents to be like, it's good for my kids to go through hard stuff and rules and hard stuff, and uh, you have to walk to and from school uphill in the snow. And I think as in, in in some reaction against that and in other parts of our culture have sort of created a a desire to to make things as easy as possible for kids and to and to think that being and we and we're kind of doing it for one another, like there's a there's a very large societal push to make life as easy as possible. But the truth is like it ain't and it'll never be. And the only way to become resilient is to be forced to be resilient. And I'm not saying that we need to make things intentionally hard for our kids. Life will happen and things will be hard. That's just a fact. No matter how you raise your kids, I love what Noel said. Like nothing, you, there's no such thing as perfect parenting. There's no such thing as a as a life without difficulty. That's that's just how it is. And so you know, I, I think in, in the desire to like to protect kids, perhaps from what I'm going to go ahead and call the evil of the food industry, right? In, in a desire to let kids just self-regulate, it's to me, it, it feels like like a hopefulness, like, oh, yeah, like it all just it'll happen naturally. It'll it'll be fine. It'll all work out. Like, I think in the long run, it it's it sets them it, it could set them up to be kind of like screwed by that industry. You, you know, because it's it's a fact that it's out there to manipulate us and use it, use us to its own end. Yeah. Period. You know, and it doesn't mean that we can't like participate and have fun. And I'm very like, I don't want I wouldn't want to like over shelter kids by like not letting them be exposed to this fact of the world like this candy does exist. And so we're going to like we're going to build our, our relationship with it. But this is just me doing some meta reflecting on on what might be you know, kind of inclining us to, to one thing or, or, or the other. Yeah. yeah. You could allow your kids full access to all foods at all times, and they still could have a lot of issues with food and body image issues. 
yeah, they'll come from any and all directions. And like, we can spend our whole lives trying to raise somebody without problems, but being raised without problems ends up becoming its own problem. Like (laughs) problems are inescapable. And so the, you know, the question is just like, what do we want to, what is the ultimate goal with our, with our offspring, with our children? Like for me, in theory, like to empower and equip to meet the world as it is. And I don't know. That's what I try to do with like all humans, right? I want to empower and equip to meet the world as it is. And and that means like educating and boundary setting and guidings and working on all of it together and all, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let me be honest. I have been through the ringer in the last few months with both chronic pain in my shoulder and my back. Also, I scratched my cornea, flossing my daughter's teeth. It was a total freak accident. And I have never been more thankful for my sauna blanket and my blue blocking glasses. I wore them for about a week straight, the orange glasses, because I was so sensitive I couldn't see anything with my scratched cornea. So I was rotating between wearing my blue blocking glasses and like laying in the sauna trying to help my chronic pain. I've I've been a mess, but I'm so thankful for Bond Charge. They are a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products that I use every day, multiple times a day, from blue light blocking glasses to EMF management to their new infrared sauna blankets. Bond Charge has all of the high quality and effective products that you are looking for. I use the the Bond Charge blue light blocking orange glasses every single night starting right at bedtime. It makes such a huge difference if you're consistent with it. It makes such a huge difference in melatonin production. And then I wear the computer glasses when I'm looking at screens. And about a year ago, I invested in an infrared sauna blanket. It is super easy to set up. I just lay it on my bed, plug it in, heat it up, and climb in. It is that easy, and it does really help with muscle tension, and it reduces some of my chronic pain. I've also noticed a big shift in my soreness overall. So when I'm holding a lot of tension, when I'm holding a lot of soreness, it kind of just melts that all away. Ultimately, it's an incredible way to support your lymphatic system and detoxification too because it heats up your body internally and helps promote sweating. You will be relaxed and re-energized and recover better. So if you have been eyeing saunas, I could not recommend this blanket more and we have a deal for you that you will not find anywhere else. Go to Bond Charge, that's B-O-N, C-H-A-R-G-E dot com forward slash well-fed. Use the coupon code well-fed for 20% off. Again, that's bondcharge.com forward slash well-fed. Use the coupon code well-fed to save 20%. That's $140 off your very own sauna blanket. Point blank, it's not the answer. There's no like one right, you know, quote unquote right answer. Like, like I said, you could allow your kids to have full access to all the foods at all the times. They still could have issues. And you could not do that and they could absolutely not have issues. So I, I think I kind of struggle with the this is the answer and you have to do what's right for your family. Yeah. OK, so the second question is from Amanda. She says, Noel, a few months ago when you did a podcast about supplement development efficacy, you mentioned your husband's reaction to supplements or something like this. He took a break from all supplements. that got better. Could you talk more about this? What was his reaction? I asked because all of a sudden my digestion is very off. I get cramping and very loose stools in the morning, sometimes bloating. The only thing that's different is I've added a few capsule supplements to combat some initial perimenopause hormonal range histamine thing I've been experiencing. I've added DIM, B6, Vitex on day 14. On and trying to be consistent with quercetin. On top of just a few other supplements I take daily, rhodiola, methylated V-complex, nighttime magnesium complex. I love any thoughts on my above strategy or simply just a quick breakdown of the fillers and supplements and what kind of symptoms too many supplements can cause. Thank you. OG listener from the Paleo for Women days. Never poster? Like maybe never commented or something. Oh, never poster. Yes. Yes. Well, welcome, Amanda. First time poster. Yes. Welcome. Question. Yeah. And back in the day, you could ask a question and it might be six months before it came out on a podcast. But we got pretty immediate turnaround on these days. So, <laughs> yeah, I just want to go ahead and say, because Noel's going to have some very specific detailed answers to your very specific detailed questions. And I'm going to abstractly theorize as I do, as one does, that supplements can be really helpful. It's a matter of fact, reading this question reminded me that I am currently taking 
a methylated multivitamin and I do liposomal glutathione and I just put them in my hand to remind myself to take them because I'm, I'm doing them and they're helping me. I do think when we supplement, we should be doing it mindful of, of a specific thing that, that we want to be doing. And I'm trying to take care of specific uh, areas for growth with my body specific. We've got me and my body, we got some specific areas for growth and that's based on my genes and my history and all that kind of stuff. And you're doing that. I also think you're kind of like throwing a, you're throwing a lot at this. And I would personally do less at once if I wanted to figure out what was having what effect of course, you can go all at once. And if you have a great effect, then you're going to have to like take some things out one at a time or go back and try one at a time if you want to see like what is having what effect. However, if you throw a whole bunch of things at your body and everything starts working magnificently and you end up not having any symptoms, cool, have at it. I would, most supplements, I, I, I know I'm speaking very generally, but most supplements, if you're feeling great, okay, you're probably going to be fine. That being said, I, I, I'm not going to point like too strong a finger, but I, I'm curious what your magnesium complex has in it because magnesium is often uh, magnesium oxide or citrate can both can be quite stool softening and can change your digestive patterns. And I don't know if anything else in that mix has that specific, you know, is like directly correlated um, with digestion. But oh, methylated B complex, me too. <laughs> well, it's a methylated B. has multi. the bottle. She keeps showing me the bottle. <laughs> I want to talk about this actually. Maybe we'll talk about it soon. But yeah, so that's just a general, general thoughts. Yeah. I know all specific thoughts. Well, it's hard because all of a sudden digestion is off. Cramping and loose stools could be a lot of things. It could be a little gut bug that's messing with you, something you ate that was bad. It could be stress. It could be so many things. So I don't want to say it's absolutely a supplement. But if it if it seems to correlate with right when you started taking new supplements, I would immediately stop those new supplements. What happened with my husband is that he was getting hives, an allergic reaction. We know he is allergic to red ant bites, and that is the only thing he's ever had hives to, an allergic reaction. These hives were coming and going. It would come. He'd take Benadryl. They'd go away. They would come right back. He actually went eventually and got, when they got really bad, and got an allergy something shot. I think he, he went, you know, those shots that you get, usually that's, it will take the hives away immediately. So he's gotten bitten in his life twice. <laughs> the second time was the morning of our wedding. And it started just like going up his back. We were in Mexico. It started going up his back. And um, I was like, what's going on with your back? And so luckily he was able to find a doctor right there on the resort. And they gave him the, you know, the allergy shot and immediately all went away. So and it never came back. This has been coming back regularly. He'd take Benadryl, he'd get the shot and it just kept coming back. So we felt like nothing had really changed. I was actually, I'd actually upped his supplements because I was thinking, oh, like quercetin and all this kind of stuff, like let's up that so that we can get this allergic reaction to settle down. And somebody messaged me and said on Instagram and said, have him stop taking all supplements, even ones that you think are fine because some supplements can change formulations and not tell you, and they can actually have ingredients in them, and you wouldn't know it. So here's what I have learned from my research. There are, in general, I feel like three sneaky tricks of the supplement industry. One of the first one is buffering supplements with poor quality forms. The mag complex that you're taking, and a lot of times people are taking magnesium that is cut with magnesium oxide. Magnesium oxide is pretty cheap. It's poorly absorbed. It's a known laxative. It has an absorbability as low as 4%. So the majority of what you're taking, essentially it goes into your intestines, it absorbs water, and then it's flushed out. It's just a laxative. So you're not actually absorbing the magnesium in your cells. This can be done with other nutrients as well, not just magnesium, but magnesium is my example because it's what I know and I've researched. So the reason that manufacturers will do that, especially when you see magnesium complexes, is because higher quality forms of magnesium, like magnesium glycinate, for example, has a very high, what we'd call elemental magnesium. In other words, you need a lot of powder. You need a lot of magnesium glycinate powder to get 
a like sufficient dose of magnesium. So the limit with that double zero typical capsule size with magnesium glycinate, you can really only get about 80 to 90 milligrams of magnesium glycinate in one capsule. Okay. That And with the majority of the other high quality forms that are chelated to like other high quality, you know, amino acids or whatever, you're going to have a hard time getting that pretty high up. Now, most people don't want to take four or five capsules of magnesium, right? Because they've been told, I need to take like 500 milligrams. By the way, there was a study that came out that said like, take 500 milligrams of magnesium and it's going to help this and that as you age. And I was like, well, what's the form? Because if it's oxide, you really don't even need magnesium, that much magnesium. You need that much because so little of it's actually getting into your cells. So um, form, form, form is is important. A lot of supplement industries will actually cut with minerals in particular, they'll cut um, they'll cut it with cheaper forms so that they can get so with magnesium oxide, you can get about three or four hundred milligrams in one capsule. And so they'll take they'll say magnesium glycinate, but then it will say a blend magnesium glycinate with magnesium oxide. And it could actually be mostly magnesium oxide. The second thing is. Um, They'll actually tell you, so they can actually inflate the amount. This is with minerals in particular. Magnesium is the biggest one because magnesium is so popular. But you can actually inflate the the amount that you see on the front of the label. I was actually totally duped by this, which was kind of annoying. But magnesium, as I mentioned, it's very reactive. It has to be bound to something to be stable. So with magnesium glycinate, for example, you have both magnesium and then you have glycine. So those two... Uh, specific things come together to create a compound known as magnesium glycinate. Magnesium glycinate is actually 14.1% elemental magnesium, meaning if you have 1,000 milligrams of magnesium glycinate powder, there's actually 141 milligrams of magnesium. The rest is glycine. Okay, so what some manufacturers are doing are saying, hey, this is magnesium glycinate, 400 milligrams. But that's not actual magnesium. That's the actual measurement of the compound, magnesium glycinate. If you flip it over on the back, it's so freaking confusing. And I'm not even going to be able to do it justice talking to it, talking about it. But if you flip it on the back, you'll see magnesium as magnesium glycinate, 60 milligrams, which, by the way, is the correct amount of magnesium in one capsule. And then it'll say magnesium glycinate, 400 milligrams. Why are you putting that on there? There's no reason other than to mislead people. Nobody in the history of anything needs to know the total compound milligrams and the elemental magnesium. Stupid. We just want to know how much magnesium we're getting. And then you'll see on the little daily value percentage that it's 14%. 60 milligrams is 14% of your daily value percentage. Nuts. And then the last thing, which I have learned recently, is not they can actually. So here's the scary thing. I don't want to freak people out, but it it is pretty annoying. And this is why you have to be careful when you start getting random reactions or, you know, allergies or whatever to supplements. You can actually get a, there's a lot of loopholes. You don't have to put everything that's in a supplement on a label. For example, firming agents like silicone dioxide do not have to be declared if they're below 0.05% of a supplement. Added sugars can be listed as zero when they're below 0.5 grams, and some ingredients don't even have to be declared if they're under 1% of the supplements. They don't even have to be put on the label under 1%. Now, that is so it's popular with things like fillers and flow agents. The ones that I use for my magnesium with well minerals is we've come up with a MCT oil, monolaurin, as a flow agent so that it doesn't get, you know, clumpy in the manufacturing process. And then we use like a organic tree pulp as a filler, which is just essentially fiber. But there are way cheaper ways to do that. And sometimes you don't even have to put it on the label. Oftentimes, things like gummies and liquids will have hidden sugars and dyes and natural colors that are not declared. Sometimes when you see ingredients like NeuroFlow or MagSleep, they're compounds that are not disclosed. You're not learning. You're not being told what's actually in that compound. You're just being told it's called special flow as the flow agent. But we have no idea what that is. So that's another loophole. What do you do? You <laughs> you message the companies and make sure that they're being honest with you. To me, that can be pretty scary. So there are a few brands that I purchase from 
Um, make sure that you're obviously using ones that are GMP certified. They clearly state allergy information. And I believe you, you can pull a lot from a brand by going to their website and really understanding more about them. So if they have go the extra mile to talk about how they test for contaminants and they are allergen friendly and all that kind of stuff, you can, you know, that maybe they're a holistically minded brand. Like you can gather some good data from that and hopefully be able to trust them. But if you're having a reaction, definitely stop your supplements and see what happens. Not to mention, not to mention, I don't know if you feel this way, Steph, but I just feel like Rhodiola and Vitex and DIM is a lot to take. Um, I don't know if I would do the Rhodiola and the Vitex and DIM and all these things. It sounds like you're trying to uh, help your body process estrogen. There are actually multiple different ways that our body can be hindered in how we detoxify estrogen. And DIM, DIM um, mutation is just like one of them or hindrance is just one of them. So just make sure that it's actually the DIM that you, you actually need DIM and that that's what's causing your estrogen to not be properly detoxified. And then Try rhodiola or Vitex or with Gaia Herbs, maybe find a supplement that's very specific to your symptoms and try a little bit of a like a more a blend that is actually scientifically formulated as opposed to taking a bunch of different herbs that may or may not be working together. Any other thoughts from you? Yeah, it's uh, sometimes I have like strung together my own. So I was actually taking a couple of different B vitamins separately recently. And then I, I found one by a brand that I think is trustworthy that is their own combo with uh, other stuff. And uh, so I have I have made that switch and it's actually working a lot better for me. But I I agree with you, you know, like I, I kind of implied when I said throwing a lot of like there's there's a lot here and yeah. Supplements have effects, period. And right. we often, I think that if we're taking things that are good for us, we know when we start taking them. And maybe you need a little bit of time, but you know, it, it feels to me kind of like a dartboard or whatever. Yeah, when you start taking something that your body needs, it's like, oh, hey, oh, thank you, thank you very much. And yeah. <laughs> and whatever symptom it is that you have improves. And for whatever particular supplement you're looking at, you might actually need a certain amount of time. B vitamins, for example, I, like the impact tends to be quite immediate because they're water soluble, yada, yada, yada. Um, other things, if you're trying to build up a nutrient store slowly and it's a fat soluble vitamin or it's a certain thing in a detox pathway, could take a little bit longer. But I think generally speaking, if you start taking something that's good for you, that's actually meeting a need that you have, you'll feel it. And I I really think that we often could do less. Like we if we could be taking less if we had a more targeted approach. And so we don't need to be throwing everything, all the whole kitchen sink like stuff at us. That's kind of like just throwing a whole bunch of darts at the board and hoping one hits the bullseye. Whereas yeah. if we go slow and try one thing at a time or do a bunch of research and find a supplement that like is really niche to what we need and then try that, then we could actually end up addressing our underlying issue while having, while minimizing the potential for other negative effects um, and also wasting money and stuff. So it's an idea. Right. Right. That's it for me. Anything else from you, Stefani? Nope. Thanks for being here, guys. Find more from Stephanie on Twitter at Stephanie.Ruper. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a dot, but just find me. It's fine. It should be fine. For more from me at Coconuts and Cannibals on Instagram. Thanks for being here, guys. We will talk to you next week. Bye.